0: That's Monday, and welcome to not boring. So, if you can tell in my voice, I have a little bit of a cold this week. Normally, I'd probably just skip recording this and ask you to read it for a week. But this is a topic that I think is so important, and that I think more people should know about. That I have to read it out loud. So, I hope you'll uh, excuse the the voice and maybe a little bit of a foggy brain. So. If you didn't do anything for Earth Day on Friday and no judgment, then you should take the time to listen to this piece and think about the ways that you might contribute. Regenerative finance or refi is one of those radical ideas that are easy to dismiss as are really idealistic until it worms itself into your brain and you begin to begin to wonder things like, well, why not? And wouldn't it actually make a lot more sense to do it this way? This post is a sponsored deep dive on Cello, and you can find out more about the process of how I choose the companies I write about uh, in a doc linked in the post at notboring.co. And if you're building a refi project, I hope that this gets you to take a look at Cello. But the more important mission here is to explain refi in a way that makes sense and gets you excited enough to build, invest in, or otherwise support a refi project in the first place. Or at least to stop for a few minutes and wonder, well, why not? Cello is the kind of project that, that is like catnip to me. It's ambitious, complex, optimistic. Obviously, the odds of rebuilding the financial system are stacked against Cello and the builders in the ecosystem. With that acknowledged, let's dream a little. Before we do, though, let's dream about some art. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, today's sponsor of the audio version and the audio versions at all of Q2 is Masterworks. So unless you've been living on a deserted island with a volleyball named Wilson, you've probably noticed that the market is not doing as well now as it was six months ago, and that covers growth stocks and crypto and all of the above. But although growth equities and NFTs and crypto are slumping, the art market is just seeding up. For the last 25 years, contemporary art prices outpaced the S&P by 164%. And an Andy Warhol painting is expected to sell for over $200 million a spring. With that kind of coin, you could buy 100 private jets. So why should you care? Well, now you can invest in the same type of paintings as that one for a fraction of the cost with Masterworks. Thanks to this alternative investing unicorn, you don't need to know the difference between a pie and a Picasso to invest like a pro. They've analyzed 5 million data points to find quality works so you can invest with confidence. If you want the run carpet treatment, head to masterworks.io slash to get priority access. That's masterworks.io slash not boring. And you can see important disclosures at masterworks.io slash DC. Now let's get to it. Cello, building a regenerative economy. Regenerative finance is a multi-trillion dollar opportunity to do well by doing good. And Cello is becoming its home. What's refi? We'll get into the details, but it might help to tie it to something more familiar first. In his keynote address at Cello Connect earlier this month, Sello co-founder, Seth Kambar, said, A technology is a story with wings. So let's start with the story. When I was a little kid, my favorite Dr. Seuss story was the Lorax. I am the Lorax. I speak for the trees. I speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. I like the colorful tufts and the cranky little Lorax, but Dr. Seuss was really talking about the tragedy of the commons, the economic problem of overconsumption and depletion of shared resources. It's been a minute, so as a reminder... The Wunzler rolls into town and starts cutting down trees to make the needs, which he sells to a ravenous customer base. The Lorax tries to stop him because the Wunzler is killing the triphala trees and forcing the brown barbelutes, swammy swans, and hummingfish out of their natural habitats. He feels bad, but business is business, and business must grow. The Wunzler depletes the town's resources. No more the needs. the Lorax flies away through a hole in the smog, leaving behind only a pile of rocks with one cryptic word, and less. When a little boy visits the onceler years later, the message becomes clear. Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. Well, caring is important, but not to stand up on a stump and yell. Caring is important when it's directed into rebuilding a system in such a way that it accounts for the values of the truthful trees, brown barbelutes, swampy swans, and hummingfish. What even someone as greedy as the onceler would rather preserve than extract. That's a system. Cello and its ecosystem are building. I was reminded of the Lorax during a conversation with Jonathan Ledgard last week. I'm not sure how to describe him in in a title, so I'll use the one the New Yorker chose when it profiled his work in a September 2019 article. Jonathan Ledgard believes imagination could save the world. He's like a modern day Lorax, except that instead of speaking for the trees, he wants to bankroll the animals. And that might make all the difference. Here's the idea Ledgard, who lives in Nairobi, Kenya, wants to create interspecies money. Specifically, in a paper for the Brookings Institute, he proposes establishing the Bank for Other Species, which will, quote, issue a central bank digital currency capable of accurately dispersing billions of dollars equivalent yearly to non-human lifeforms or their digital twins. These would be called L-marks, short for life marks. On its face, it's an outlandish idea. Imagine a giraffe going into the store and handing money over to a human clerk. Ha ha ha. But think about it for a second. In the context of the Lorax, that's easier. When the Lorax questions the demand for Thneeds, the onesler retorts that a chap came along and, quote, happily bought it for $398. So Thneeds have a market price. The preservation of trees and protection of brown barbelutes, swampy swans, and hummingfish do not. If the onesler can make $398 per Thneed, the Lorax can yell all he wants on nature's behalf, but the onesler is going to keep chopping and own. But what if the brown barbalutes, swampy swans, and hummingfish had access to L What if they had accounts in the bank for other species? Well and then they could pool their money and give the Lorax access so he could pay the Wunzler to stop cutting down trufla trees and stop making needs, plus a little on top for his efforts. What if, instead of making needs, the Wunzler family planted more trufla trees and cleaned the pods and provided security for the fish and animals and got paid out in outmarks? These outmarks would be funded by governments from more prosperous areas like Whoville and Salmasan, by philanthropists whose hearts had grown ten sizes, and by financial institutions and businesses that needed to offset their own tree cutting and all the other planet-negative things they do in the course of their business. Financialization is a dirty word, but the system is particularly dirty for those whose interests don't have a price. Ledger wants to fix that and help reduce extreme poverty in the process. It's just one example, albeit the most colorful, of a movement called Regenerative Finance, or refi. Refi is a beautiful idea a reimagining of the financial system using the tools humanity now has at its disposal to better account for the needs of all stakeholders, current and future. It puts a price on externalities, charging those who create negative externalities, like the once and rewarding those who create positive externalities, like the lorax who speaks for the trees. Refi seems hippie, but it isn't anti-growth or anti-progress. It's not anti-anything. It's for a new financial model that includes and regenerates people as individuals with unique talents, communities as economic hubs, and the health and biodiversity of global ecosystems. Its participants want to accelerate the development of new planet-positive technologies through better measurement and financing. In the parlance of last week's essay, ReFi gives planet-positive technologies and projects stronger pheromones with which to attract the attention of the swarm. After all the non-stop action of the past couple of years, I think we're about to enter refi summer. And fall, winter, spring, summer, fall, this is going to take a while. People want to be part of something more grounded, something that leverages Web3 tools to make an impact on the way humanity operates. And I think they'll find it in the Celo community. Celo is a carbon-negative, EBF-compatible, layer-one blockchain, I'll explain, designed to make it accessible and usable by anyone with a smartphone anywhere in the world. It's unique among blockchains in many ways, including the fact that it has its own native stablecoins in different denominations like CUSD, C-Euro, and c with many more to come, and in that it plans to back those stablecoins with 40% natural capital-backed assets, like forest NFTs and L Elbarks, in the Seller Reserve over the next four years. That's a huge demand signal to the market. Build things that are good for the planet and will buy the tokens. That idea came from Charles Eisenstein's Sacred Economics. If you back money with more of the things you want to see in the world, you'll get more of those things. Cello is based on a belief that programmable money will unlock new economic models and that changing the features of money, which is possible because money is just a technology, can lead to a more beautiful world. And it's a bet that mission-aligned builders will care as much about a Layer 1's community as they do its tech specs. When everything is open, liquidity has no loyalty, and each blockchain's technology continues to improve, Standing for something and building a community around it might be a key competitive advantage in a multi-chain world. Celo's mission is even attracting major companies like Kickstarter and Deutsche Telekom. As there are millions of users on board to Celo and use Celo dollars or Celo euros to transact, they'll be creating more demand for planet-positive projects without changing anyone's behavior. That's the beauty of a well-designed, regenerative financial system. We want Celo and its ecosystem to succeed. Refi is one of the real-world use cases that wouldn't be possible, or would at least be far less feasible, without crypto. And the technology, economic model, and community that Sella have built are the best chance of accelerating the refi movement and fighting the tragedy of the commons. Today, we'll cover all of that. The Sella philosophy and architecture, the Sella secret, sacred economics and the role of money, the refi of the community as a moat, and building a more beautiful and prosperous world. I'm going to say this up front. If you're building a project in Refi and you haven't checked out Shello, Cello, you should. If you've made money in tech and want to work on solving big, complex problems with smart, passionate people, think about starting something in the Cello ecosystem. It's an energizingly positive group, and I think they have a real chance to make an impact. So let's explore how they're doing it and why. The Cello Philosophy and Architecture Cello's philosophy permeates everything it does, from its technical architecture to the composition of its reserve to the makeup of its community. Renee Rheinsberg, Marek and Seb Kembar founded Cello in 2017. The trio had the perfect complementary backgrounds to build Cello, and they'd already achieved enough success in their careers that they could focus on a bigger mission. Sepp studied chemistry at Princeton and got his PhD in computational mathematics from Stanford. While at Stanford, he co-created Eigentrust, a P2P reputation system, and founded a personalized search company called Cultix. Google acquired the company in 2003, pre-IPO. At separate personalization for Google from 2003 to 2007, before heading to MIT, where he was the LG Career Development Professor in Media Arts and Sciences and ran the Social Computer Group at MIT Media Lab. Rene Ridesberg grew up in Germany and graduated from WHU Otto Beisheim School of Management, one of Europe's top business schools, where he wrote his thesis on options pricing. He interned at McKinsey, worked at Global Capital Markets at Morgan Stanley out of school, and consulted on finance and community building projects at the World Bank before heading to MIT for his MBA. While there, he cross-registered at Harvard Law, FIT Law, MIT Computer Science Ar- Artificial Intelligence Lab in Linked Data Ventures and AI, and the MIT Media Lab in Social Design, where he met SEP. Mark grew up in Singapore to Polish parents, and fun fact, his granddad helped city plan Singapore in the 60s and 70s and later studied computer engineering at University of Toronto for both undergrad and his master's. After U of T, he headed to MIT for his PhD in parallel systems, a pressure choice. During his education, he entered at Microsoft, Google, and Sun Microsystems, and was a Facebook fellow at MIT. Renee, Mark, and Sepp met at MIT, and while there, Renee and Mark co-founded Loku in 2011 to help local merchants get discovered online. Sepp served as advisor and board member. In 2013, GoDaddy acquired the company for a carriage which reported $70 million. Merrick became GoDaddy's VP of Engineering and Renee ran Get Found, which was Loku rebranded and was the VP of Emerging Products. Both stayed for a little over three years before unlocking the Golden Handcuffs in late 2016. In early 2017, they got the band back together and started exploring ideas of crypto. Mark had studied distributed systems. Sepp had written a seminal paper on decentralized reputation called the IGATrust's Algorithm for Reputation Management in P2P Systems. And fun fact, he wrote it with Oscar CEO Mario Schlosser. And Rene had worked in finance at the World Bank. They have the right backgrounds to build something in the burgeoning space. So in November 2017, they launched C-Labs to start building Cello. And in June 2018, they announced the project to the world with a post titled, Hello from Celo. The original manifestation of the mission was to, quote, remove the barriers for large-scale adoption of cryptocurrencies as means of payment. The announcement cited a World Bank Group report that highlighted that 1.7 billion people were still unbanked, and another that showed that two-thirds of those people had a mobile phone, with smartphone penetri- penetration rising quickly. In the cello Protocol white paper, the team laid out the challenges and the opportunity. Cryptocurrencies have advantages over fiat as a means of payment, but they're hard to use and volatile. So they architected a blockchain aid directly at addressing that problem, with unique features like mobile first, send money as easily as sending a text message, even from a budget Android phone, with encryption based on mobile phone number instead of seed phrase, and with a reputation system based on SEMP's eigentrust paper, and native stable currencies, tokens pegged to fiat currencies like the USD and Euro, backed by a reserve that can be used to make payments without volatility, and even to pay gas fees to make the process less confusing. In the white paper, they also alluded to the fact that they wanted to back the reserve in part with natural capital-backed assets. Things like tokens backed by carbon offsets or NFTs representing protected forests or carbon sinks on farms, which would become important as the expanded vision came into view. More philosophically, the team founded Zello on just two seemingly contradictory values, unique purpose and connectedness. Just as the trees in the forest are connected by and communicate through mycelium networks, making them both an individual organism and a part of an ecosystem, they founded Cello to help build new economic models that recognize people as both unique and connected. Those values are evident just a little further down the About page, where Celo identifies its contributors not by title, but by what they do, like designs for equity and integrates mystic and modern. And they're evident in the financial system that Celo wants to help build, one that values three sources of value that aren't properly accounted for in the current system. The unique talent of individuals, strengthened communities, and the health and biodiversity of global ecosystems. From those values, it's also clear how CELLO arrived at its mission, to build a financial system that creates the conditions for prosperity for everyone. If everyone has a unique purpose, and we're all connected, then we're all better off if everyone is given the opportunity to prosper. That mission flows into the tech stack and protocol design too. We've talked a lot here about the scalability trilemma. Blockchains need to make trade-offs between scalability, decentralization, and security. But trade-offs without a driving purpose are just random trade-offs. You need a why. Should you trade scalability for security? Who knows? Depends on what you want to do with it. Cellos started from its values and mission, and the architecture followed. I linked to the full documentation, which you can dive into uh, in the post at NotBoring.co, or just come with me. The goal was to design a system that anyone with even a basic smartphone could use to accept and send even very small, some $1 payments while retaining decentralization, which meant it needed to be lightweight with low stable gas fees and fast settlement times. They wanted it to be carbon neutral or negative from day one. In fact, Mar told me that the team wanted to do P2P payments using stablecoins backed by natural capital, capital assets. They only decided to build their own L1 when they realized that none of the existing blockchains met all of their requirements. Mission, then architecture. But mission first doesn't mean technically simple. Quite the opposite. It means doing really hard technical things in service of the mission. I was surprised how much sophistication went into Zelda's architecture from the beginning. Designing a performant blockchain that works in a decentralized way on mobile phones anywhere in the world with negative carbon impact and some one-cent gas fees, all while keeping the user experience simple and smooth, is really hard. The Seller team incorporated cutting-edge cryptography and distributed systems research, some of which they wrote themselves. Once they decided to build their own blockchain, the team made some key choices early, like deciding to use a proof-of-stake consensus mechanism before it was in vogue because the mechanism is orders of magnitude less energy-intensive, and therefore, more environmentally friendly than proof of work. Blockchains don't need to be environmentally harmful. Today, Cello carbon negative thanks to its automatic purchase of offsets through Project RED. They also chose to future proof from the start by investing in using BLS signature aggregation technology early. Dan Bonnet, who A16Z called one of the most distinguished cryptographers and computer security researchers in the world, had just released his research on BLS signature aggregation in March 2018. For the cryptography nerds out there, the Celo team built on top of the snark-friendly 12377 curve curb, then opened the door to snark-based light clients, a first in the crypto space. That, that paid off with the launch of Plumo, Celo's snark-based ultralight sync, earlier this month. Since the team wanted to optimize for decentralization, and since Celo's users often access the network via smartphones, they invested early in a light client architecture. Applications on Celo can run an instance of the Celo blockchain on users' phones that operates as a light client. Light clients connect to full nodes, which serve requests from light clients and forward their transactions to request data and sign and submit new transactions, but light clients do not receive or retain the full state of the blockchain. In this architecture, sc- seller can get scalability since the full nodes of validators can run expensive hardware alongside decentralization because the system invent- incentivizes a ton of full nodes to run on the network and serve light clients. Already, there are about 1,000 full nodes on Cello compared to 6,000 on Ethereum. Not there yet, but decentralized relative to the volume of activity. For context, the light client architecture stands in contrast to using a more centralized remote procedural caller or RPC protocol like Infura. It's a bet that decentralization will really matter in certain use cases at the cost of more complicated and expensive development up front. In early April at CeloConnect, Marek announced Plumo, Celo's ZK Snark based light client protocol, making Celo's light client 1.7 million times lighter than Ethereum's. C-Labs, the company Mari helps to run, will run the first server to generate proofs daily, but anyone is able to generate proofs. One amazing feature at Plumo is that these start proofs can be verified in a WASM-based library that can run in a web application, enabling dApps that are capital D dApps, i.e. truly decentralized and not connected through a trusted RPC server. As one last point on decentralization, Celo or C-Labs has never run a validator. They've been run by major Celo holders and independents since day one. This is in contrast to many other proof-of-stake L1s where core teams or foundations have stood up the network, some of which still run large portions of the network. Celo's PS consensus and light LightClient isn't the only innovative technology that the team built ahead of launch. Inspired by Tezos' on-chain governance, the team worked to launch Cello with full on-chain governance right from the start, allowing the Cello community to fine-tune protocol parameters and even upgrade core protocol pieces. There have already been 55 proposals since the network launched. As Mark put it, we birthed a teenager. But decentralization is one of those things that doesn't feel important to users until it feels really important, like an insurance policy against censorship and seizure. The things that most users of sellers that care about being able to send, receive, and access money from their phones, offer it easily, do things that have the potential to earn money, and pay low fees. That's where things like the mobile first experience and native stablecoins come in. By building full stack at first, the Valora wallet was part of C Labs until it was spun out. Celo learned things like the fact that people in the Philippines didn't like paying fees in volatile currencies. So Celo enabled fee payment in stablecoins like CUSD and CER. The platform supports paying for gas with any ERC token that's been allowed listed by OnChain governance. On the mobile front, Celo includes a decentralized phone verification protocol where three validators are chosen at random to send verification text messages to new users signing up. Not only does this let users optionally use phone numbers as identifiers instead of public key-derived addresses, it allows staffs to use phone number ownership as a sort of lightweight symbol resistance indicator. Ed Walters, who runs the Web3x Climate Fund allegory, pointed out that building mobile-first helps allocate a leadership position in emerging markets, which is crucial to its mission and an enormously important piece of the refi puzzle, as we'll discuss. That geographic spread is evident in the map of UBI payments sent via Cello based in back market, which you can see in the post at opboring.co. Developers who build on Zello do it to access those groups of real, non DJEN users, and they also care about ease of building, fast block times, high throughput, and low transaction fees. In September, the team announced its multi year partnership with A16 z back Viston Labs, founded by ex team members. Through the partnership, this will bring its narwhal and Tusk consensus innovations to Cello and will support. The DM developed Move programming language similar to Flow's cadence language. Together, they hope to increase throughput to 140,000 transactions per second, which would make it the fastest evm compatible blockchain. All told, Celo has pulled off something special on the technical side, with an average gas fee of 0.1 cents across 114 million total transactions since launching two years ago on Earth Day 2020. But here's the hot take. Today, it's important to build a performant blockchain that does the things it needs to to support the mission. The more decentralized, more secure, and more scalable, the better. But over the course of the next few years, and certainly over the course of the next decade, technical specs will matter a whole lot less. They'll become table stakes. With omnichain chain operability protocols like Layer Zero, bridges like Wormhole, and other solutions yet to come, the world will be multi-chain. DApps will build on many chains, and liquidity will move easily in the background. With a decade of technological development and learning, all blockchains that people use will be scalable and secure. The people, or more likely programs operating on their behalf, will choose how much decentralization or speed they need per use case. Just as users today don't choose projects because they're built on AWS or Azure or Google Cloud, and just as many projects, products are built across them, the technical specs will fade into the background. Entrepreneurs will choose where to start building and call home based on something more than TPS or liquidity. They'll choose based on the strength and distinctiveness of the ecosystem, on what it stands for, and what types of users and fellow builders that attracts. As Renee explained it, any layer one that's not critically thinking about what part of this bigger thing they want to own and be best at is in trouble. And in terms of distinctiveness and strength of mission, no one comes close to Celo. The Celo Secret. Here's the secret to Celo. It believes that programmable money can and should be used to design new financial systems that create the conditions for prosperity for everyone. That belief put it at the center of the refi movement, which it helped catalyze. And the community building regenerative apps on Celo is and will continue to be its competitive advantage in a multi-chain world. It will be a beacon to other builders in the space and a shelling point for those using programmable money for good. And it's not just small startups. Huge companies like Kickstarter and Deutsche Telekom have chosen to make solid their Web3 home because of its mission and focus. Sell's success will rest on its ability to continue to attract and retain the refi community, broadly defined to include UBI, community commerce, and climate biodiversity, and on that community's ability to actually build new systems that compete with old ones. For the remainder of the essay, we'll walk through all of that. To start, we need to understand the power of money, sacred economics, and the role of money. The banner on Renée's Twitter profile holds a simple but powerful message that's core to Cello. Money can be beautiful. Talk to people throughout the Cello ecosystem, and they'll remind you that money is a technology. And technology is a story of wings, and Cello is a technology that supports a story. What does that mean? Money tracks, facilitates, and shapes economic activity. When money was backed by gold, people produced more gold to get more money to buy other things. If money can be brought into existence through central bank lending with an interest rate, then it pushes the economy towards growth to pay back ever larger debts. Money lets humans coordinate and communicate and translate across assets and distances of time. There are exchange rates among currencies, which is obvious in exchange rates across time, known as the discount rate. I would pay a dollar today to receive $1 today, but I might only pay 90 cents to receive that same $1 in two years. It's hard to imagine humans making the progress we have, investing in things today for payoff. Tomorrow, without money, at least at the pace we progressed. But money is a relatively blunt pre-internet instrument. A physical dollar or its digital representation is just that. You might be able to earn interest on it when you lend it, or earn a return on it when you invest it, but a dollar is a dollar. Its features haven't changed in 300 years. Bitcoin was a hugely forward in that it made a peer-to-peer payment network possible and gave people confidence in that hard commitment that there will ever only be 21 million Bitcoin. Ethereum was another leap in that, quote, Turing completeness and composability mean that you can build smart contracts to compute anything and then chain them together to build increasingly complex things more quickly. Decentralized finance, or DeFi, generates novel use cases for and from programmable and composable money around permissionless lending, insurance, options, and more. But if we're combining the programmability of arbitrary computer programs with money's use cases of store of value, medium of exchange, and unit of account, with computers' ability to store, calculate, and translate large amounts of data, It feels like we're very early in a new monetary paradigm that will have wild and unimaginable consequences, like the original advent of paper money or debt or computer programs did. Cello seems like the other one that's most excited to push the limits of this new primitive, not to generate eye-popping APYs or attract the most TVL, but to build regenerative systems by changing the story of money. Specifically in his keynote, that Cello asked what features of money might lead to a more beautiful world. He listed five things. Universal basic income that's tied to monetary policy. Deverage, a little tax on holding money to increase its velocity. Natural capital-backed currencies, building on Charles Eisenstein's idea that whatever backs money, people make more of. Community currencies or a network of local currencies that all that do all sorts of things. Or creation of new money without new debt by doing things like gifting money into existence or earning it into existence by doing pro-social things. All these features require new technologies, and those are the technological primitives that Sello set out to build. That's why Seth said that Sello is a technology that supports a story. Zooming in on one in particular, Charles Eisenstein's thinking in sacred Economics runs deep in Sello. Whatever backs money, people make more of. When money was backed by cattle, people bred more cattle. When money was backed by gold, people mined more gold. So why not back money but more of the things that we want to see in the world? Clean bodies of water, strong forests, and biodiversity. This is another one of those ideas that seems too idealistic and impossible until it works its way into your head. Most currencies, other than the US dollar, need to be backed by something to maintain stability. That's true of fiat currencies and stable coins. USDC is backed by dollar-denominated assets in its reserved, as is supposedly Tether. Combined, they have market caps of $133 billion, and roughly the same amount of dollar-denominated assets in its reserve. Algorithmic stable coins like Terra USD aren't backed by dollar-denominated reserves or anything really, other than algorithmically buying and selling two related assets to keep the price at a dollar or whatever peg. That Levine describes how it works in a characteristically brilliant fashion in the stability of algorithmic stablecoins, before acknowledging, on second principles though, it's fine, I guess. Someone just made up Bitcoin too, and it's worth a lot of money now. Also, Dogecoin, etc. I'll make up a digital currency out of thin air, try to get people to buy it, and they'll buy it and it will be an enduring store of value, it is now a perfectly plausible and repeatable, Proposition. Even Terra USD is now buying roughly $10 billion worth of Bitcoin to back its stablecoin that currently holds around $1.5 billion against an $18 billion market cap. Which is all to say, if people accept backing stable coins with both nothing and other made-up currencies, why couldn't you back stable coins with things that protect the planet and have the added benefit of being stable themselves? Natural capital backed assets. So this white paper, written in 2018 before ReFi was a thing mentioned allowing for the reserve to include real assets, quote, This is helpful from a stability perspective and also allows for a natural capital-backed means of payment currencies, for example, currencies backed by forest land, where the growth in demand for those currencies will increase the amount of natural capital backing them, end quote. Fast forward to today, Encel's Climate Collective has proposed transitioning 40% of the seller reserve, which backs the seller dollar, cello euro, and seller real stable coins to, quote, Transition to tokenize rainforests and other carbon sequestering assets to support natural capital backed currencies on the seller platform over the next four years. As an example, take one of the natural capital assets that might back a currency rainforest. The rainforest is essentially a finite, valuable asset. It can serve as a reserve asset backing currencies like gold used to back the dollar. The difference was gold could be melted into bars or in vaults somewhere and easily tracked and counted rainforests need to stay where they are to be valuable and are much harder to keep track of. But with more satellites and sensors, better AI, and projects like Open Forest Protocol that incentivize distributed muttering, reporting, and verification, or MRV, accounting is no longer a deal breaker. So projects like OFP can verify that a specific piece of the rainforest has been protected or reforested and issue tokens on CELO and those tokens, representing pieces of the rainforest, can be programmatically bought into the reserve as new CUSD are minted into circulation. If it hits its goal, and if Stellar stablecoins grow to USDC size in the next four years, that commitment could make a meaningful dent in the fight to keep temperatures from rising over 1.5 degrees Celsius. As Merrick tweeted, these trees would sequester roughly 43 megatons of CO2 per year. That's about 0.43% of the IPCC goal. If CELO dollar and CELO euro circulation were to grow to the size of USDC, we would reach 16% of the IPCC goal. Already, CELO Reserve approved an on governance proposal to allocate 0.5% of the reserve to MAS's MCO2 carbon credit token. Lendgert hopes that at some point, 5% of the reserve will be in biodiversity tokens like LMark's. As importantly, that early commitment puts out two signals. One, CELO is committed to refi and has been since before it was cool. And two, if you build projects that create tokenized tokenize high-quality credits at Celo, there will be demand for those tokens. Those two signals, set after the ReFi ecosystem's Mycelium network, have jump-started the ReFi movement and made Celo its unofficial on-chain hope. ReFi, summer, and community is a competitive advantage. Six months ago, if you had asked me what Celo was, I would have said, uh, I think it's an emerging markets crypto payments network. If you'd asked me what ReFi was, I would have asked back, can you be like a mortgage? I remember having a call with my friend Ed Walters when he was considering starting a Web3-types climate fund late last year with a focus on the seller ecosystem and thinking, wow, that sounds cool, but pretty, pretty niche. But Ed's rarely wrong, and I think he nailed this one. I'm just late. Thanks in part to the guidance of great people like Ed who have been living and breathing the refi ecosystem and my growing interest in using Web3 tools to solve complex, real-world challenges, 30% of the dollars not capital invested in Web3 last quarter went to projects building on sell Crypto people like naming seasons. Two years ago it was DeFi summer. Last year it was Solana summer. Now I think we're about to enter Refi summer. For our purposes, start with this quote from Jonathan Ludgard. He said, "It's really clear that there's at least one trillion dollars of capital that wants to be driven into nature and out of the other end in the next decade." And that's just nature. The demand for natural capital-backed assets and Refi assets more broadly is enormous. The question is how to create verified supply. Climate Now was an early attempt to marry existing carbon credits and the DGENs of DeFi 2.0. While it's had some success pulling 17.5 million tons of carbon offsets into the treasury, it mainly bought old, low-quality credits on chain so the DGENs could sweep the floor. The real goal is incentivizing and financing new offset-creating projects. Kaliba's biggest impact was likely bringing more attention to the space. Now, a wave of projects across the three pillars of a regenerative financial system that set laid out the keto, universal access to financial tools and DBI, community commerce, and health and biodiversity of global ecosystems call Cello Hope. That sells competitive advantage. Pick a niche that seems so early that I dismissed it, own it, and then attract builders who want to come join an authentic ecosystem, who will make the ecosystem stronger, which will attract more builders, and on and on. And so far, it's working. In the piece, I put a Web3 climate map that shows where the climate projects are building today, and Selo seems to have a slight lead over Ethereum, despite that chain's much larger overall size and ahead of third place Polygon. Celo's system also looks like the most densely connected. If the map accounted for the fact that Tukid will build on both Polygon and Celo, a lot more of this map turns Celo green and Celo looks like the clear leader. So let's take a look at a few of the projects building on Celo across the three pillars. One, universal access to financial tools and UBI. Celo is becoming a home for products that aim to unlock people's unique purpose by helping meet their subsistence needs so they can focus on higher callings. We'll look at two, Impact Market and Vada. Impact Market. Impact Market launched in 2020 as a decentralized poverty alleviation protocol. Already, it's the biggest UBI project in the world and provides UBI to people making $1.90 or less where no one else can. Its dashboard highlights the number so far. Note that despite the very low UBI rate per beneficiary of $0.57 cents per day, which would be harder to serve in a traditional model given overhead and costly distribution to the unbanked, Impact Market has actually distributed $12,000 more than it raised. That's the power of mobile first with low gas fees. Rene singled Impact Markets founder Marco out as the quote, best possible founder type end quote for Celo. He said, Marco started a Web2 giving marketplace in Portugal, then showed up to the first Celo community that are really excited about UBI and built a P2P app on Celo. He wants to eliminate extreme poverty and he won't let anything stop it. Vada. Vada is a Celo-based project that I'm particularly excited about and a backing out of Napori Capital. Its mission to shift the flow of data for a more prosperous world Echo Cellos, potentially because its founder, Anna Kozlaskis, was an early engineer at C-Labs. Vauda uses decentralized tools to let people unlock and take back their data, monetize it, and bring it with them across the internet. Data should be portable, uh, Anna explained, and it should be something that empowers you. People want personalized experiences, but because of the way the data economy has worked, those experiences have just felt a little creepy. By giving people the tools to enrich their own data and choose who to share it with, Vada expects to be able to generate meaningful revenue for data owners. I'm so excited about Vada because it's another step towards a more fair economy, one in which people are rewarded for one of the most valuable assets, even if they had previously given up on claiming it as their own. In developed markets, Vada might provide a nice income stream and more control over data that's rightfully yours. In emerging markets, using Vada could provide an ongoing living income and allow people to focus on things they didn't think possible. Number two, community coppers. A supportive community can be a form of wealth in its right. In the keynote, some highlighted Etsy and Kickstarter and early B Corp as examples of community commerce. And when Kickstarter decided to go Web three, they decided to build on celo. Kickstarter. Since its founding in 2009, more than $6 billion has been pledged in crowdfunding campaigns on Kickstarter. People gave not for equity or financial return, but to support the things that they want to see in the world and maybe get early access to a product or a shout out on the website. It's so ingrained in the culture that one of the biggest pieces of pushback Against funding DAOs is, why wouldn't you just launch a Kickstarter? In December, Kickstarter announced that it was going Web3, saying, we're supporting the development of an open source protocol that will essentially create a decentralized version of Kickstarter's core functionality. And they decided to do it on Celo, writing, we've chosen Celo, an open source and carbon negative blockchain platform, as the best technology and community on which to build the protocol. We're inspired by the Celo ecosystem's thoughtful approach to building the technology they want to see in the world. Like the internet in the early 90s, the blockchain is a nascent technology whose story is not yet written. Celo's efforts around minimizing environmental impact and focus on global accessibility through mobile access to the blockchain reminds us that the best way to get better systems is to build better systems. This was a significant win for Celo for a couple of reasons. One, the what. Kickstarter is one of the biggest examples of a Web2 company going Web3 in a meaningful way to date, and they chose to do it on Celo. That Kickstarter trusts Celo to handle its huge volume is a strong vote of confidence. Two, the why. Kickstarter's decision to go with Celo is a proof point that differentiating and a genuine focus on the mission is a strong enough attractor to large projects. Kickstarter's explanation doesn't talk about TPS or block sizes, it talks about mission. Kickstarter is opening up its protocol to others who want to build community commerce, so beyond the obvious impact, it should serve as a spark to ignite community commerce on Celo. Three, health and biodiversity of global ecosystems. Tokenizing carbon and other natural capital is a segment of refi that's captured the most attention and money to date, and for good reason. It represents an opportunity to create a new multi-trillion dollar market that makes the planet healthier and richer. Additionally, this is a use case for which crypto is uniquely well-suited. From decentralized MRV systems, to more open asset registries, to more liquid markets, combining with crypto. Combining crypto with advances in sensors, drones, and AI presents a unique moment in time to build a financial market that regenerates the Earth's natural resources. It's early, but some of the foundational pieces are being put in place, three of the most important of which are being built on Celo. Toucan Protocol, FlowCarbon, and Lobe. Toucan Protocol. In April, Toucan Protocol and Celo made a big announcement. Toucan is coming to Celo. Toucan connects the voluntary carbon market to Web3 through the Toucan Bridge, which tokenizes real-world carbon credits in exchange for semi-fungible tokenized CO2 or TCO2 tokens. With the credits on chain, they create a transparent meta-registry and pools of base carbon ton BCT, and Nature Carbon Ton, NCT, tokens to increase liquidity. As it says on its homepage, Toucan, quote, brings programmable carbon to Web3. After initially launching on Polygon and getting traction for its BCT token via Climadao, Toucan decided to go multi-chain and add Celo's important partnership with the Celo Foundation and the Climate Collective. The Toucan team laid out three reasons for adding Celo. One, a supply of high-quality environmental assets. Two, infrastructure for planet-positive innovation and three, capital and support to scale climate action in Web3. First, they'll bridge BCT and NCT to CELO via the curve CELO Polygon Bridge. Then they'll deploy the full protocol on CELO. They also plan to submit a governance proposal to the CELO community for the CELO reserve to accept BCT and NCT. Toucan's decision is validation of CELO's strategy in a couple different ways. One, it's the home for refi. Toucan added CELO next because that's where the projects are that are creating high-quality environmental assets to tokenize. And two, Selo Reserve. By committing to back the reserve with 40% natural capital-backed assets, Celo is attracting projects creating those assets by essentially raising their hand and saying they have a bid for all high-quality assets. It's also a point for the argument that Web3 will be multi-chain, and any refi project will need to at least have a presence on Celo. Flow Carbon. Another project working to tokenize carbon credits is Flow Carbon. It's creating the GND token, backed by corporate green carbon credits it brings on chain, and also providing the infrastructure to help corporations and individuals offset their emissions. When I asked Flo Carbon's Phil Fogle why they chose to bid on Celo, he told me that they looked at all the L1s and L2s you'd expect, but they chose Celo, which he called the OG, as a home base for a few reasons. One, it's a proof-of-stake chain, which ruled out Ethereum for now. Two, it's carbon neutral in both practice and ethos. Three, low transaction fees were crucial because wrapping tokens would get expensive with high gas. And four, potential liquidity support through the cello reserve and other initiatives. He also said that cello is the most likely place a community ecosystem would pop up. And the people of the cello ecosystem are, quote, the nicest, most mission-driven people in the space. Another check for the argument that, as long as the technical infrastructure passes the test, a focus and mission-aligned community can be a strong competitive advantage for an L1. And finally, Loam. While 2K and full carbon tokenize carbon credits, Loam's plan is to actually deposit carbon back into Mother Earth and earn new offsets in the process. Founded by Birju Shah and Ravi Anduri, Loam's vision is to create a marketplace for farming data, a fast, easy, and transparent platform to incentivize farmers to engage in regenerative practices. As Ravi describes, they want to create change today that pays off in the long term. That's a financing trick, exactly what ReFi is designed for there are all sorts of things that farmers can do to capture and sequester carbon or release less in the first place for which they might receive offsets a few years out, which they then have to sell. Loan will make it easy to finance those changes up front by selling the future credits to companies that want to offset to investors or into pools on something like 2 or flow carbon. To Ravi, the decision to build on Cello was simple. They have a mission. Other chains don't have a mission. Farmers ask why we're doing something and we ask the same thing. Plus, seller Reserve is a significant potential buyer of the credits that Loan produces something that other chains can't offer sustainably. Once again, it comes down to the mission and Zello's early commitment. The more loaves and toucans and vadas those things matter to, the more inevitable it will become that the next important refi project builds on Celo until it's the default. Each of these projects on its own is compelling, but appropriately, I think Celo's power and the power of the refi ecosystem more broadly is how they all fit together. Flory Ventures co-founder and GP, Tomer Bariak, an active investor in the ecosystem, described it as, quote, a human and technological puzzle. He said, the projects who are winning in crypto are the ones who understand interoperability very quickly. This isn't Apple versus Microsoft. It's a world where everyone is building different pieces of the puzzle and collaborating, increasing each other's chances of success. The community is working on all angles, futures, land, assessment, new carbon credits, new categories for offsetting like biodiversity. If people see pieces missing, they pull other people in to build the missing pieces. Finding a community of people that keep on bringing in more pieces is beautiful. Talking to Tobru it struck me that the CELO community of builders itself was regenerated, each piece serving a unique purpose, each connected to the larger whole. And talking to an allegory, it struck me how pressing CELO's focus on emerging markets was, how important a piece that is to the whole puzzle. He said, if you don't involve these populations, he explained, it doesn't matter. If Africa isn't plugged in, it doesn't matter. If India isn't plugged in, it doesn't matter. Many of the credit-producing projects are locally, located in the global south. Farms in India, rainforests in Brazil wildlife protection in Kenya, and more. And importantly, rely on local people to protect and verify. That work, paid for by developed countries, provides living wages for local people while also protecting the environment. It's beautifully connected. Environmental projects can create new tools and opportunities for financial inclusion as a byproduct. It's little connections like that that I think made people in the LA ecosystem so excited. But once you start seeing the benefits of more connected and regenerated systems, you start seeing them everywhere. It's a little intoxicating, and the energy in the community is infectious. I felt it in every conversation I had. Phil at FlowCarbon described it perfectly. He said, my Celer Connect conference high has not died down since I got home. These are people who actually care and want to build systems that benefit everyone. Mission matters, particularly to mission-driven builders. Building a more beautiful and prosperous world. It should be clear at this point that I'm excited about what's happening in the solar ecosystem and then I'm unabashedly rooting for it to succeed. For my portfolio's sake, sure, but also because I love the promise of regenerative financial models. If money is a story, and Web3 is a chance to rewrite it, we should do so in a way that benefits the planet. There's almost no trade-off. It would be better for stable coins to be backed by assets than incentivize planet-positive behavior than to be backed by Ponzi schemes. That said, there are challenges to building on cello, namely liquidity. If a tree gets tokenized in a blockchain and no one's there to buy the NFT, did it really get tokenized? When I asked Rovi at Loan about the trade-offs, he admitted that, quote, if you launch an NFT on Zello, you'll get lower reach. But then he added, we were excited about making an NFT, and then we asked ourselves why we were doing it, and we didn't have a good reason, so we didn't do it. That's actually a benefit of a smaller community. When the audience is small, you're more intentional about what you do. Certainly, the Ethereum's Solana, Polygon and other ecosystems have more active financial communities and deeper pools of capital buying assets today than Zello does. Other blockchains are able to offer projects greater financial incentives to build on them. But through the $100 million DeFi for the People initiative, Celo is partnering with DeFi blue chips like Curve, SushiSwap, and Aave. And on Friday, a governance proposal for agreed decks went out to the Uniswap community. That would mean more global users for Uniswap and more liquidity for green assets on Celo. Beyond crypto liquidity, there are tens of billions of corporate, institutional, and individual dollars waiting on the sidelines to purchase and invest in regenerative assets as soon as they can be produced and verified. The hard part was that, without the yield-seeking missiles that other blockchain ecosystems have, that early liquidity was harder to come by and sell them. But it seems like we've reached a tipping point. Today there's a vibrant early stage funding ecosystem of funds like Allegory and Flurry, partnerships with Blue Chip, DeFi protocols to provide liquidity once tokens are created, and a standing bid from the seller reserve for quality natural capital assets. Ultimately, liquidity can be enticed to move, but community admission are impossible to fake. Plus, there's something a little magical about a small but passionate community that's built a movement out of the limelight. Pulling without the hype and yield farming and degens, focusing purely on how to build a regenerative financial system in the real world using newly programmable money, feels more solid, more sustainable. In his recent Atlantic essay, Jonathan Haidt wrote a line that I suspect i will be quoting often. There's a direction to history, and it is towards cooperation at larger scales. I've written before that crypto's superpower is that it can give digital assets physical properties with digital superpowers. I think Cellos' magic might be providing the tools to recreate the cooperation and trust of a local community on a global scale. When I asked the Walters what city Celo is like, he called it a robust, alive, vibrant neighborhood. Local environmental movements have felt a little like the Lorax, incredibly well-attentioned, but lacking the tools to make real impact. Celo and the refund movement might provide the tools to level the playing field by connecting the interests and contributions of people around the globe and by backing the new money for the things that we want to see more of in the world. Money is just a technology, and today, people can program money to do all sorts of things, like align incentives across people, species, and time. And technology is a story with wings. So let's end with another story. Kim Stanley Robinson's A Ministry for the Future, a near-sci-fi novel that follows fictional characters as they experience and try to deal with the impacts of climate change, is the grown-up version of the Lorax. It was one of Barack Obama's favorite books of 2020. Since it's a grown version of the Lorax, the Ministry for the Future doesn't leave the planet's survival up to a small, talkative, little creature. What the titular ministry suggests instead is some kind of carbon coin, quote, this to be a digital currency dispersed on proof of carbon sequestration, to provide carrot as well as stick, thus enticing loose global capital into virtuous actions on carbon burn reduction. In the sci-fi version, A Decade in the Future, when things are too far gone for small actions, The carbon coin is, quote, backed by 100-year bonds with guaranteed rates of return underwritten by all the central banks working together. The carbon coin is an answer to both the tragedy of the commons and what the book called the tragedy of the time horizon, meaning we can't imagine the suffering of the people of the future, so nothing much gets done on their behalf. In other words, the carbon coin is kind of like the super Lorax. It speaks for the trees, the animals, and future generations, and it does more than speak. It creates a new financial system that accounts for all the interests that the old one, using older financial technology, couldn't. That's the promise of Celo, that it gives people a set of tools with which, and an ecosystem within which, to build a new financial system that creates the conditions for prosperity for everyone by better accounting for everyone's debits and credits, extractions, and contributions. Celo doesn't want to do it alone. It's not going to be the blockchain that all blockchains. It just wants to fulfill its own unique purpose as the mission-driven home neighborhood for refi within a connected, multi-chain ecosystem working together to create a regenerative economy. I think this is how the financial system would have been built all along if humans had had the right tools and technology. We do now. The goal is to build a new regenerative system before it's too late. Whew. That is all for today. Thanks so much for bearing with me as my voice gave out. Uh, but uh, hopefully the stuffiness is not, not too bad. Uh, I will be back talking to you on Thursday. Have a great week.